Chapter Thirteen of Syria: The Desert and the Zone. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Florence Short. Syria: The Desert and the Zone by Gertrude Bell. Chapter Thirteen. We started from Basufan at eight o'clock on the morning of April 4, and rode south by incredibly stony tracks, leaving Kilasusiman to the west and skirting round the eastern flanks of the Jabal Sheikh Barakat. Musa declared that he must accompany us on the first part of our way, and came with us to Dirat Aza, a large Mohammedan village of from 300 to 400 houses. Here he left us, and we went down into the fertile plain of Zermida, ringed round with the slopes of the Jabal Halaka. At midday, we reached the large village of Dana, and lunched by the famous third-century tomb that De Vogue published. To my mind, the loveliest of the smaller monuments of North Syria, and worthy in its delicate simplicity to stand by the Choragic monument of Lysicrates at Athens there was nothing else to detain us at dana and having waited for the baggage animals to come up i sent them on with mikhail and a local guide bidding them meet najib and me at the ruins of dehis after some consultation najib and the local man decided on the spot known to me only from the accounts of travellers and it was not till we had reached it that i discovered that we were at mehis instead of dehis it was all one however since we had met and found the place to be a convenient camping-ground from dana najib took me north along the roman road by a roman triumphal arch the babel hawa finely situated at the entrance of a rocky valley we rode along this valley for a mile or two passing a ruined church and struck up the hills to the west by a gorge that brought us out on to a wide plateau close to the deserted village of kasajaba we went on to the village of babiska through country which was scattered with flowers and groups of ruined houses and churches the heart leapt at the sight of such lonely and unravished beauty on these hilltops it was difficult to say where stood bakhera the town i wished to visit but near babiska we found a couple of shepherd tents and from one of the inhabitants inquired the way the shepherd was a phlegmatic man he said there was no road to bakhera and that the afternoon had grown too late for such an enterprise moreover he himself was starting off in another direction with a basket of eggs and could not help us i however had not ridden so many miles in order to be defeated at the last and with some bullying and a good deal of persuasion we induced the shepherd to show us the way to the foot of the hill on which beckerha stands he walked with us for an hour or so then pointed towards the summit of jabal barisha and saying there is baccarat he left us abruptly and returned to his basket of eggs high up on the mountain side we saw the ruins bathed in the afternoon sun and having looked in vain for a path we pushed our horses straight in among the boulders and brakes of flowering thorn but there is a limit to the endurance even of syrian horses and ours had almost reached it after a long day spent in clambering over stones we had still to get into camp 
heaven alone knew how far away yet i could not abandon the shining walls that were now so close to us upon the hill and i told the reluctant najib to wait below with the horses while i climbed up alone the day was closing in and i climbed in haste but for all my haste the scramble over those steep rocks half buried in flowers and warm with the level sun is a memory that will not easily fade in half an hour i stood at the entrance of the town below a splendid basilica rich in varied beauty of decoration and design beyond it the ruined streets empty of all inhabitants lay along the mountainside houses with carved balconies and deep porched doorways columned market-places and the golden sunlight over all but i was bent on another pilgrimage a broad and winding road led up above the town until it reached the boundary of the flowered slopes and nothing except a short rocky face of hill lay between the open ground where the path ended and the summit of the range the mountain was cleft this way and that by precipitous gorges enclosing between their escarpments prospects of sunlit fertile plain and at the head of the gorges on the narrow shelf of ground stood a small and exquisite temple i sat down by the gate through which the worshippers had passed into the temple court below me lay the northern slopes of the jebel barisha and broad fair valleys and the snow-clad ranks of the jerhuda veiled in a warm haze temple and town and hillside were alike deserted save that far away upon a rocky spur a shepherd boy piped a wild sweet melody to his scattered flocks the breath of the reed is the very voice of solitude shrill and clear and passionless it rose to the temple gate borne on deep waves of mountain air that were perfumed with flowers and colored with the rays of the low sun men had come and gone life had surged up the flanks of the hills and retreated again leaving the old gods to resume their sway over rock and flowering thorn in peace and loneliness and beauty so at the gate of the sanctuary i offered praise and having given thanks went on my way rejoicing najib welcomed me back with expressions of relief my god said he i have not smoked a single cigarette since i lost sight of your excellency but all this hour i have said please god she will not meet with a robber among the rocks therewith to make up for lost opportunity he lighted the cigarette that his anxiety had not prevented him from rolling during my absence and though i will not undertake to affirm that it was indeed the only one the sentiment was gratifying i thought at the time but next day's march proved me to be wrong that we rode down to the plain of surmeda by the roughest track in the world when we got to the foot of the hill we turned up a valley to the south a narrow ribbon of cultivation winding between stony ranges presently it widened and we passed a large modern village where we received the welcome news that our camp had been seen ahead at a quarter past six we struggled into mehis or dehis whichever it may have been feeling that our horses would have been put to it if they had been asked to walk another mile an enchanting camp was mehis 
it was not often that i could pitch tents far from all habitation the muleteers pined for the sour curds and other luxuries of civilization and indeed i missed the curds too but the charm of a solitary camp went far to console me the night was still and clear we were lodged in the ruined nave of a church and we slept the sleep of the blessed after our long ride there was one more ruin that i was determined to visit before i left the hills it was the church of calba losa which from descriptions seemed to be as indeed it is the finest building after Kala simon in all north syria i sent the baggage animals round by the valleys with strict but useless injunctions to faris that he was not to dawdle and set out with mikhail and Najib to traverse on horseback two mountain ranges the jebel Barisa and the jebel Alala. it is best to do rock climbing on foot but if any one would know the full extent of the gymnastic powers of a horse he should ride up the jebel Alala to calba Loza i had thought myself tolerably well versed in the subject but i found that the expedition widened my experience not a little we rode straight up an intolerably stony hill to the west of mehis and so reached the summit of jebel barisha the ground here was much broken by rocks but between them were tiny olive groves and vineyards and tiny scattered cornfields every ledge and hollow was a garden of wild flowers tall blue irises unfurled their slender buds under sweet-smelling thickets of bay and the air was scented with the purple daphne this paradise was inhabited by a surly peasant the least obliging and the most taciturn of men after much unsuccessful bargaining the price he set on any service he might render us was preposterous but we were in his hands and he obliged us to give way he agreed to guide us to calbaloza and conducted us forthwith down the jabal barisha by a precipitous path cut out of the living rock it was so steep and narrow that when we met a party of women coming up from the lower slopes with bundles of brushwood brushwood it was flowering daphne and bay we had great difficulty edging past them at the bottom of this breakneck descent there was a steep valley with a lake at one end of it and in front of us rose the jabalalala to the best of my judgment a wall of rock quite impossible for the horses to climb the monosyllabic peasant who directed us i am glad to say i do not remember his name indicated that our path lay up it and najib seeming to acquiesce i followed with a sinking heart it was indescribable we jumped and tumbled over the rock faces and our animals jumped and tumbled after us scrambling along the edge of little precipices where if they had fallen they must have broken every bone providence watched over us and we got up unhurt into the country as lovely as that which we had left on top of the jebel barsha at the entrance of an olive grove our guide turned back and in a few moments we reached calba loza whether there was ever much of a settlement round the great church i do not know there are now but few remains of houses and it stands almost alone it stands too very nearly unrivalled among the monuments of syrian art 
the towered narthex the wide bays of the nave the apse adorned with engaged columns the matchless beauty of the decoration and the justice of proportion preserved in every part are the features that first strike the beholder but as he gazes he becomes aware that this is not only the last word in the history of syrian architecture spoken at the end of many centuries of endeavour but that it is also the beginning of a new chapter in the architecture of the world the fine and simple beauty of the romanesque was born in north syria it is curious to consider to what developments the genius of these architects might have led if they had not been checked by the arab invasion certain it is that we should have had an independent school of great builders strongly influenced perhaps by classical tradition and yet more strongly by the east but everywhere asserting an unmistakable personality as bold as it was imaginative and delicate there is little consolation in the reflection that the creative vigor that is evident at calbalosa never had time to pass into decadence i had heard or read that in the mountains near calbalosa were to be found a few druze villages inhabited by emigrants from the lebanon but as i had not yet come upon them i had almost forgotten their existence near the church stood half a dozen hovels the inhabitants of which came out to watch me as i photographed almost unconsciously i was struck by some well-known look in the cold blackened eyes and certain peculiarities of manner but that combined to form an impression of easy and friendly familiarity with perhaps a touch of patronage in it when the women joined the little crowd my eye was caught by the silver chains and buckles that they wore which i had remembered vaguely to have remarked elsewhere as we came about to leave an oldish man came forward and offered to walk with us for an hour saying that the way down to harem was difficult to find and we had not walked fifty yards together before i realized the meaning of my subconscious recognition Mishala, said i you are druids the man looked round anxiously at najib and mikhail following close on our heels bent his head and walked on without speaking you need not fear said i the soldier and my servant are discreet men he took heart at this there are few of us in the mountains and we dread the mohammedans and hide from them that we are druids lest they should drive us out we are not more than two hundred houses in all i have been hoping to find you said i for i know the sheikhs in the haran and they have shown me much kindness therefore i desire to salute all druids wherever i may meet with them allah said he do you know the tershan by god said i shibli and yaya his brother yaya i know but shibli is dead dead he exclaimed oh merciful shibli dead and with that he drew from me all the news of the mountain and listened with rapt attention to tales for which i had not thought to find a willing ear so far from sulkati suddenly his questions stopped and he swerved off the path towards a vineyard in which a young man was pruning the vines oh my son 
he cried. Shimli Alaltrash is dead. Lend me thy shoes that I may walk with the lady towards Haram, for mine are worn. The young man approached, kicking off his red leather slippers as he came. We belong to God, said he. I saw Shibli but a year ago. And the news had to be repeated to him in detail. We journeyed on along the stony mountain tops, brushing through purple Daphne that grew in wonderful profusion, and talking as we went as though we had been old friends long parted. When we came to the lip of Jabal Alala, we saw Haram below us, and I insisted that my companion should spare himself the labor of walking further. He agreed with great reluctance to turn back, and stood pouring out blessings on me for full five minutes before he would bid me farewell, and then returned to us again that he might be sure we had understood the way. And the next time you come into Jebelalala, said he, you must bring your camp to Calbalosa and stay at least a month, and we will give you all you need, and show you all the ruins and now may you go in peace and safety please god and in peace and in health return next year may god prolong your life said i and give you peace so we separated and my heart was warm with affection for his people which it is never difficult to rekindle cruel in battle they may be the evidence against them is overwhelming some have pronounced them treacherous others have found them grasping but when i meet a druse i do not hesitate to greet a friend nor shall i until my confidence has been proved to have been misplaced Harum castle stands on a mound at the entrance of one of the few gorges that give access to the jebelalala beyond it lays the great orontes plain that was a granary in the old days to the city of antioch much of the northern part of the plain was under water the swampy lake which the syrians call el bacha having been extended by the recent rains to its fullest limit we turned south from harem and rode along the foot of the slopes of jebelalala to Salkin, a memorable ride by reason of the exceeding beauty of the land through which we passed i have seen no such abundant fertility in all syria groves of olive and almond shared the fat ground with barley and oats tangled thickets of gorse and broom daphne and blackberry edged the road and every sunny spot was blue with iris stylosa Selkin itself lay in a wooded valley amid countless numbers of olive trees that stretched almost to the Orontes, several miles away. We dismounted before we reached the town in an open spot between olive gardens. It was five o'clock, but Faris had not arrived, and we disposed ourselves comfortably under the trees to wait for him. Our advent caused some excitement among the people who were sitting on the grass enjoying the evening calm. Before long, one, who was evidently a person of consideration, strolled up to us, accompanied by a servant, and invited me to come and rest in his house. He was a portly man, though he had barely touched middle age, and his countenance was pleasant. I accepted his invitation, thinking I might as well see what Selican had to offer opportunities of enlarging the circle of your acquaintance should always be grasped especially in foreign parts 
I soon found that I had fallen into the hands of the wealthiest inhabitants of the town. Muhammad Ali Aga is the son to Rustam Aga, who is by birth a Circassian and was servant in the great Circassian family of Kakia Zeda of Hamadan. That is their Arabic name. The Persians call them Kat Kahuda Zeda. The Kakia Zedas migrated to Aleppo two centuries back. By such transactions as are familiar to Circassians, they grew exceedingly rich and are now one of the most powerful families in Aleppo. Their servants shared in their prosperity. And Rustam Aga, being a careful man, laid by enough money to buy land at Salkan, near his master's large estate in the Orontes Valley. Fortune favored him so well that the hand of a daughter of the Kikia house was accorded to his son. I did not learn all these details at once, and was astonished while I sat in Muhammad Ali's harem to observe the deference with which he treated his wife, wondering why the sharp-featured, bright-eyed little lady who had borne him no sons should be addressed by her husband with such respect, for I did not then know that she was the sister to Rashid Aga Kakia Zeda, Muhammad Ali's only child a girl of six years old what though she were of so useless a sex was evidently the apple of her father's eye he talked to me long of her education and prospects while i ate the superlatively good olives and cherry jam that has made servants set before me the kahanam was so gracious as to prepare the coffee with her own hands and to express admiration of the battered felt hat partly concealed by its purple and silver kerchief on the divan beside me oh the beautiful european hat said she why do you wear a mendel over it when it is so pretty and with that she stripped it of the silk scarf and camel's hair rope and placing it in all its naked disreputableness on her daughter's black curls she declared that it was the most becoming headdress in the world at six o'clock news was brought that my baggage animals had arrived but before i could be allowed to return to my tents rustum aga had to be visited he was lying on a couch heaped with wadded silken coverlets in an upper chamber overlooking the beautiful rushing stream and the two great cypresses that add much to the picturesqueness of selken these trees stand like tall black sentinels before the gate of the house which is the first and the largest in the winding village street rustum aga was very old and very sick his face lay like the face of a corpse upon the pale primrose silk of the bedclothes he seemed to be gratified by my visit though when he opened his lips to greet me he was seized with such an intolerable fit of coughing that his soul was almost shaken out of his body as soon as he recovered he asked for the latest tidings of russia and japan and i marvelled that he who seemed so near his end had the patience to ask anything of us but whether we could see the lagging garnerer with the scythe hobbling up between the cypresses at the door as i sat down to dinner in my tent two of muhammad ali's servants staggered into camp bearing a large jar of olives grown in the gardens of Selkin and preserved in their own oil they brought too a request from their master that he might come and spend an hour with me and i sent back a message praying that he would honour me 
He appeared later, with one or two people in attendance to carry his hubble-bubble, and settled himself for a comfortable chat to the gurgling accompaniment of the water-pipe, a soothing and an amicable sound conducive to conversation. He told me that Selkin was one of the many Seleucus, and that it had been founded by Seleucus I, himself, as a summer resort for the inhabitants of Antioch. The spot on which I was camped, said he, and the graveyard beyond it, form the site of the Seleucid town. And whenever we dig a grave, we turn up carved stones and sometimes writing. It seems not unnatural that the fertile foothills should have been selected by the people of Antioch for their country houses, but I have no further evidence to support the statement. He said also that his brother-in-law, Rashid Aga, was staying with him, and he expressed a hope that I would call on him before I left next day. If Rashid Aga Kakia Zeda is the chief magnate of the district, he is also the chief villain. I found him sitting in the early morning under the cypresses by the foaming stream, and a more evil face in a sweeter setting, and lighted by a fairer sun, it would have been hard to picture. He was a tall man with an overbearing manner. His narrow forehead sheltered a world of vicious thoughts. His eyes squinted horribly. His thick, sensuous lips sputtered as they enunciated the vain boastings and the harsh commands that formed the staple of his conversation. He was wrapped in a pale silk robe, and he smoked a hubble-bubble with a jeweled mouthpiece. By his side lay a bunch of spring flowers, which he lifted and smelt at as he talked, finally offering the best of them to me. It is one of the privileges of the irresponsible traveller that he is not called upon to eschew the company of rogues. And when I found that my friend Muhammad Ali was about to accompany Rashid Aga to the latter's house at Alani, and that this lay upon my path, I agreed to their suggestion that we should start together. The animals were brought out, we mounted under the cypresses, and trotted off through olive groves towards the Orontes Valley. Rashid Aga rode a splendid Arab mare. Her black livery shone with the grooming she had received. She was lightly bitted. Her headstall was a silver chain. Her bridle was studded with silver ornaments. Her every movement was a pleasure to behold. Her master appealed repeatedly to Muhammad Ali, who jogged along by his side on a fine mule for admiration of his mount, and when the latter had replied obsequiously with the required praise, his words were taken up and reinforced by an old fat man who rode with us upon a lean pony. He was jester and flatterer in ordinary to the Kakiazeta, and if his countenance spoke truly, panderer to his employer's vices and conniver at his crimes among such strange company i had fallen that april morning Haj najib trotted along contentedly enough behind us but mikhail whose sense of the proprieties was strong could barely conceal his disapproval and answered in monosyllables when the jester or rashid aga addressed him though he unbent to muhammad ali whom he judged, and rightly, to be of another clay. 
we rode for an hour over soft springy ground rashid pointing out the beauties of his property as we went all these olive gardens are mine said he by god and the prophet of god there are no such olives in the land every year i come out from aleppo and see to the olive harvest with my own eyes lest the knaves who work for me should cheat me god curse them and therefore i have built myself a house at alani god knows a man should make himself comfortable and live decently but you shall see it for you must eat with me my table is spread for all comers and around the house i have planted fields of mulberry trees ten thousand stripling trees i have set in the last five years i shall raise silk works please god in great number o oh, yusuf show her the boxes of eggs that came from the land of france the jester drew out of his breast a little cardboard box marked with the brand of a french firm but before i could express my respect for the aga's industry his attention had been distracted by some peasants who were pruning the olives not to his liking and he spurred his mare up to the trees and poured out volleys of oaths and execrations upon the unfortunate men after which he returned to my side and resumed the tale of his own prowess the house was large and new and furnished throughout with plush and gilt-framed mirrors nothing would satisfy the aga but that i should see and admire every corner and the jester gave me the lead in praise and congratulation from him i gathered that i was chiefly called upon to exalt the merits of the iron stoves that were prominent in each of the rooms no doubt they added to the comfort if not to the picturesqueness of the establishment this over we sat down on a divan to wait until lunch was ready the aga employed the time in relating to me with an over-emphasized indignation his struggles against the corrupt and oppressive government under which he lived but he omitted to mention that what he suffered at the hands of those above him he passed on with interest to those below by god he sputtered you have seen how i labor among my olive trees how i plant mulberries and send for the silkworm eggs from afar that i may make a new trade at alani is the valley grateful no by the prophet he sends his men and they say stop till we see how much more we can tax you and when i would have set up a mill by the river for the grinding of my corn they said stop it is not lawful then they sent for me in the middle of the harvest and i rode hastily to aleppo and day by day and week by week they kept me waiting and forbade me to leave the city and by god shouted the aga thumping on a little inlaid table with his fist i baffled them i went to the cadi and said from whom is the order he said from the valley then i went to the valley and said from whom is the order and he answered i know not perchance from the cadi and i bade them put it in writing but they dared not and so they let me go in the middle of these tales three visitors were announced they took a deferential seat on the opposite divan and expended themselves in salutations and compliments 
the aga received them as an emperor might receive his subjects and one of them presently seized the opportunity of saying to me in a stage whisper audible to all you have seen what manner of man is the aga he is like a king in this country whereat the aga grew yet more regally gracious we sat down at last to a board loaded with every variety of syrian delicacy and few cuisines can beat the syrian at its best the aga talked and ate with equal eagerness and pressed one dish after another upon his guests when the feast was in full swing a servant came to him and said that there was a certain fella who wished to speak with him let him come said the aga indifferently a ragged peasant figure appeared in the doorway and gazed with eyes half sullen half frightened at the company and the profusion of delicate meats peace be upon you o aga he began but as soon as he saw the suppliant the aga started to his feet in a very fury of passion his face became purple his squinting eyes started from his head and he thumped the table with his clenched fist while he cried begone and may god curse you and your offspring and destroy your father's house begone i tell you and bring the money or i will send you to prison with your wife and your family and you shall starve there till you die oh aga said the man with a certain dignity that faced the other's rage a little time grant me a little time not a day not an hour yelled the aga away go and to-night you shall bring me the money the peasant vanished from the doorway without another word the aga sat down and continued his interrupted conversation and his interrupted meal the other guests ate on as if nothing had happened but i felt a little ashamed of my place at rashid's right hand and i was not sorry to bid him farewell the aga sent us down to the orontes and caused us to be conveyed across the stream in his own ferryboat when we reached the other side mikhail ostentatiously took a crust from his pocket and began to eat it have you not eaten at alani said i i do not eat with such as he replied mikhail stiffly at this najib whom no such scruple had withheld from enjoying the unwanted luxury of an ample meal nodded his head and said the aga is an evil man may god reward him according to his deeds he squeezes their last metallic from the poor he seizes their land and turns them out of their houses to starve and worse than that said mikhail darkly by god said najib every man who has a fair wife or a fair daughter stands in fear of him for he will never rest until the woman is in his hands by god and muhammad the prophet of god many a man has he killed that he might take his wife into his own harem and no one is more hated than he cannot the law prevent him said i who shall prevent him said najib he is rich may god destroy his dwelling oh mikhail said i as we picked our way across the muddy fields i have travelled much in your country and i have seen and known many people and seldom have i met a poor man whom i would not choose for a friend 
nor a rich man whom I would not shun. Now how is this? Does wealth change the very heart in Syria? For look you, in my country, not all the powerful are virtuous, but neither are they all rogues. And you, and the Druids of Calablosa, and Musa the Kurd, would you too, if you had means, become like Rashid Aga? Oh, lady, said Mikhail, the heart is the same, but in your country the government is just and strong, and every one of the English must obey it, even the rich, whereas with us there is no justice. But the big man eats the little, and the little man eats the less, and the government eats all alike. And we all suffer after our kind and cry out to God to help us since we cannot help ourselves. But at least I did not eat the bread of Rashid Aga, concluded Mikhail rather sententiously. And at this, Najib and I hung our heads. Then followed five hours of the worst traveling. It may have been a judgment upon Najib and me for sitting at the table of the wicked, but, like most of the judgments of Providence, it fell impartially on the just and the unjust. For Mikhail endured as much as we. All that we had suffered the day before from the rocks we now suffered at the opposite end of the scale from the mud. The torture was a thousand times more acute. For five hours we crossed hills of earth on which there was never a stone. But the sticky slime of the slopes alternated with deep sloughs where our horses sank up to their girths and when at last we emerged from this morass into the Orontes Valley, men and beasts were exhausted. The rising ground, which we had left, now rose into rocky ridges and peaks. The broad valley lay on our right hand, half full of flood water, and beyond it stood a splendid range of mountains. It was not long before we caught sight of the Byzantine towers and walls crowning the ridges to the left, and between hedges of flowering bay we stumbled along the broken pavement of the roman road that led to antioch the road was further occupied by a tributary of the orontes which flowed merrily over the pavement it was with some excitement that i gazed on the city of antioch which was for so many centuries a cradle of the arts and the seat of one of the most gorgeous civilizations that the world has known modern antioch is like the pantaloon whose clothes are far too wide for his lean shanks the castle walls go climbing over rock and hill enclosing an area from which the town has shrunk away but it is still one of the loveliest of places with its great ragged hill behind it crowned with walls and its clustered red roofs stretching down to the wide and fertile valley of the Orontes. Earthquakes and the changing floods of the stream have overturned and covered with silt the palaces of the Greek and of the Roman city. Yet as I stood at sunset on the sloping sward of the Nosseria graveyard below Mount Silpius, where my camp was pitched, and saw the red roofs under a crescent moon, I recognized that beauty is the inaniable heritage of Antioch. End of chapter 13